You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello and welcome to After the Show. Hello, Sid Talk. How are you? Oh, you're being very loud and bold there all of a sudden. Loud and vulgar. Bold. Oh, bold. <laughs> Maybe vulgar as well sometimes. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we got to get that explicit rating. Should I say something vulgar? No. Uh, so the before the after the show <laughs> discussion was you kind of worried about the sound and then also you complaining a lot about your email situation and something else you complained about. All right, so let me bitch. all ab- about you. <laughs> let me bitch about email situation. For once, it isn't me. Are you ready? No, they don't care. Well, I'm gonna. I bitch. barely care, and I love you more than anything in the world. I'm gonna bitch about it, so just don't listen to me for thirty seconds. Let's not call it bitching, then. Let's call it man whining. All right, man okay. whining. Here okay. we go. So I have email through Gmail, and mm-hmm. I use yeah, professional email, professional business email. Don't freak everybody out. Because I'm a out. professional, <laughs> unlike you lot, right? Right. So, so I have professional business Gmail now. That's been free, that service, for since Gmail existed, right? Correct. You sign up for it, it's free. You use it. So all of a sudden, like last week, I get this email from Google that says, hey, it's not free anymore. You need to pay. And that annoys me. Because mm. it should be free forever. I should always be on the free gravy train from Google. <laughs> oh, Oh, now this isn't the part you talked about before. This is new. <laughs> the realization that you're just being a whiny, so whiny guy. F Google. <laughs> the, the gravy trains come to an end. I'm going to have to pay, but I'm not paying Google. I'm going to Microsoft. So thank you. Whatever. Rant over. Again, I'm pretty sure no one cares. <laughs> I'm sure there might be somebody else with the same problem yeah. going, oh, I feel like I have a person out there who's the same as me. My complaint is, yes, they dangled the free thing in front of you for 10 years, and then and then probably, like I said, in the little thing you signed 10 years ago, or signed off on. I didn't read it. It probably said, in some amount of time, this is going to not be free anymore, and the that's it. So, so F Google and don't stay classy. <laughs> F Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's Saturday, April the 9th. This is after the show 731. We're a movie review podcast. Every week, we look at a fine movie. This week, we're looking at the movie Death on the Nile, the 2022 release. It's out now on Blu-ray. It's PG-13. Our friends at Disney and Fox sent us a streaming code so we could watch it. Sid Talk, what's the synopsis of Death on the Nile? There's death, and they're on the Nile. Mm. It's pretty straightforward. It's a murder mystery, whodunit, Agatha Christie. I don't think I need to explain. So Death on the Nile, the actual real description is while on vacation on the Nile, Hercule Poirot must investigate the murder of a young heiress, which is also correct. Mm -hmm. That's all right. All right. So Siddharth, what do you think of Death on the Nile? I really liked it. The end. (laughs) I really did. That was really fun. I'm not a whodunit Agatha Christie type of a person, but for some reason, I didn't mind this at all. It was, it looked gorgeous. Maybe that was Part of it, you know, I just really loved the way it looked. I mean, it's very CG. 
No, I mean, just like the shots of like the glimmering lights, especially at the nightclub. It's pretty, yes. And then the shots of the boat, which whether it's CGI or not, I don't care. It just looked gorgeous. So I was kind of mesmerized visually. Do you say you're not a fan of the whodunit genre? Mm, Not particularly. Did you like Knives Out? I mean, I don't feel like that was a whodunit. It absolutely was. I understand what you're saying, but that's not how I saw it. I get to choose the genre. It's the epitome of a whodunit. The filmmakers don't get to decide the genre for me. (laughs) That's up to me to decide. It was more like, that was like an action-adventure horror movie. Uh, There was no horror in that movie. Knives Out? No. What are we talking about here? Knives Out. They all go to the house. It's a whodunit. There's a load of different characters in the family. There's a hidden room in the attic. Hmm. Oh, with the guy. And you yeah, know Daniel that. Craig is a detective. Okay, yeah, no gore. I'm thinking of the other one. You're thinking of Lights Out? No. You're Catch thinking... me if you can, no. Hi, uh, hi, ready or not? Ready or not. I'm combining ready or not you and are. Knives Out. See, there's an interesting... I'm making up my own movie. So now, do you agree <laughs> that Knives Out is a whodunit? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I still do or not. You can say no. I don't think I do. I don't think I don't remember it that way. So no. You actually don't remember it, but it sounds like Oh, just for everyone, the health update, we're both feeling much better. Yeah. <laughs> we had a thing and you had a th- I had a thing, you had a thing. It was hardcore. And then now we're good. Yeah. So now we put- If anybody cares. <laughs> so if you're thinking we don't make any sense, that's just our brains. Yeah, this is normal. This yeah. is our giddiness from feeling good again. Right. So, Death on the Nile, I did see the original movie. I went and had a look. You know, the one from the 60s, 70s? I saw it on television. It's kind of different to this movie. They changed the story around a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's still a whodunit on a boat. It's maybe not as glossy as this one. This one, you, you, you didn't ask me what I thought of it. What did you think of it? <laughs> I actually kind of liked it, and I also... Kind of roll my eyes a bit at it. Yeah, I had a few roll eye rolly things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's, let's base it here. This is Agatha Christie. Yeah. It's an old, told, I mean, she wrote it a long time ago. Right? It's set in like the First World War and then moved forward to 1937, was it? 1934, 1937, something yes. like that. And it's a standard, get a bunch of people with big characters in a confined place. Very similar to Sherlock Holmes mysteries and probably many before that. I don't know all the you, different ones. You listen to enough radio plays. I do. The old yeah. radio timey things. There's like the closed room murder mystery, you know, where obviously no one have, could have gotten in or out and still the person ends up dead. This is like they're on a boat. No one's coming or going and it has to be one of the people. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with is like everyone is played out to be suspicious also, everyone's played out to be interesting, and you don't want them to be the bad person, but they might be the bad person. So you start there. That's like the palette we're starting with. Yeah. sort of build on top of that. Everyone has a motive. Yeah. And they or explain so it, it all. seems. Yeah. And this one, they kind of, I know they do in all, this could be done on a stage play, right? It feels like a stage play. Oh, God, it's, yeah. It's not super, sometimes they get a bit up their own bottom (laughs) and overly complicated and you can't follow what's going on, I find. True, true, a little bit. This one I didn't feel that way. No, this one was a little bit. I mean, it goes through several twists and turns very quickly. You've got to really be on the ball in the middle of the movie. 
And then the thing is, the guy who's figuring it all out just stands there and tells you all the stuff. Just like, again, Sherlock Holmes used to do it. Like, it was so-and-so in this room with the that, and this is yeah. why, and this is how. And they just explain it like Mr. Exposition, you know? Yeah, and Poirot's superpower, like Sherlock Holmes, is he just seems to piece all the things together just quickly. And sometimes, mm. I don't know how he connects the dots, sometimes. Not quickly enough. Not quickly enough. <laughs> yeah, Spoiler alert! Not just one person bites the dust. In yeah, there story. is a body count here. There is. He could have done it. Be- could have done it quickly. There is a death on the Nile, but there's also some more deaths on the Nile. There's just death in general on yeah. the Nile. Now this was actually, I thought when I was watching it that it was all CG in a studio, right? Like I didn't even think there was a a Nile. Oh right. You know when they stop at the what was it called? They stop at like I don't a, know the name of it, but it's some figures carved into a big giant yeah, cliffside. Big famous cliffside tourist attraction. I felt like that was fake, but after watching the extras, they actually went there. Oh, I could tell they were there. Now some of it had to be a little bit fake, but yeah. It again, it looks really awesome, the movie, like production design wise, especially the ship that they're on the Yeah, it, it looks really gorgeous. Yeah, it looks brand new, that ship as well. Like every <laughs> it's so shiny and like it focuses in on the floorboard sometimes. And yeah, you're like, a lot. And wow. you're like, where's the dust? Where's the crud? Not, it there doesn't seem there. like there's a speck of dust. It seems like whatever mm-hmm. crew they have there, are they're just the best crew ever. But it's just gleaming. I guess it's a bit like the Titanic movie. True. Because when you watch Titanic, that's its first voyage. It's never been used. It's all pristine, isn't it, as it takes off. True. And this is the same. Isn't well, it? let's not forget, another feature of these stories is... There is an uber wealthy person who has paid to use this entire boat and the crew for 10 days just for their honeymoon. Yeah. Just so whatever amount they're paying to whoever owns this boat or whatever company owns this boat, we can imagine it's a lot. So I, that's why I thought it was like all perfect and shit. Let's not spoil again like last week. Let's not spoil the... I don't think we need to really to discuss it, right? Hold I on. mean, it's a murder mystery. Somebody did a murder and another murder and another murder. Yeah, we don't need to spoil it for it to still make sense, our review of it. Because if we told you who did it, you wouldn't watch it, right? <laughs> Is it your goal now to make sure everyone watches these movies? Yeah, I, f- I find this was actually a pretty entertaining Is two hours. Is it not enough to say to them, you are a person? Grown adult. With your, well, you may not be an adult. You could be 10 years old. I don't know listening to this. It's just a movie podcast. You have a brain. You can decide for yourself if you want to continue forward with this podcast. You will find out things about this movie you might not want to know. So stop. Then if you choose to watch this movie and then come back, right? It's very simple. True. but these, not like not complicated But at I'm all. not going to tell you you did it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, if I slip, then my <laughs> apologies. You've been warned. <laughs> there are an interesting bunch of characters here. And explain like the setup for, the, for a murder. Uh, the setup is we meet a couple in the beginning. They're very hot and heavy dancing on the dance floor. The woman introduces her female friend to the dude. And then the next thing we see, the female friend who's been introduced to the dude is the one marrying the dude, not the original hot and heavy. And now it's like, oh, and she's following them around now. Yeah. The friend who marries the dude happens to be the uber wealthy person. Right. So you're immediately like, oh, He's marrying her for the money. He ditched the other chick and she has nothing, right? She's just a, we don't even know what she is. But now this, the poor one is following them around. 
in, um, in, in a very stalky kind of way. Very stalky, saying she still loves him. He doesn't really love this new woman, blah, blah, blah. And so we have that. And then everybody else on the boat is either a friend who has known the rich lady for a very long time and she's been terrible to them at least once. That's about it, really. She's oh, been terrible. Oh, they're in love with her in some way. Yes, the dude, yeah. Russell oh. Brand's in love with her, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got that all played out. And then everybody seems to be, they could be the victim. Like every single person before yeah. the shit goes down, you're like, oh, is this going to be the one who's found dead or murdered? Like all of them. You just don't know because there's something at stake for everybody. It's your typical crimes of the heart. <laughs> you know? Are you spoiling stuff? It could be about money. Yeah. It could, well, it's about money as well, but yep. it's also about love. Greed and love. What a and load of horse shit to be murdering <laughs> people for. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, why did you come up with this horse shit? <laughs> I don't think he invented <laughs> the idea of murder for love. And I don't think it's love. It's like lust and money. Yeah. That's an old a tale as old as time. It is. It's in most movies, to be <laughs> fair, in some way or shape Do or form. Do you think movies uh, have been around for all time? Yes. Hmm. Easily since Egyptian times. Maybe you need a history lesson. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked the thing. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. if the conclusion was a surprise to you or was it where your mind was going? It was where my mind was going. It's where my mind was going also. And I felt that once it was revealed, I was like, oh, I thought it could have been cleverer than that. Yes, because if too. I can guess it, it's not that clever. Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not 100% disagreeing because you're not the person who tries to guess things. It, you know, and if it just because you want to not it dawned know. on me though at one point. Yeah, your thing is you don't want to know. Like no. you really don't want to know. I so like you, the surprise. I think you fight it even if it starts to creep up on you. You're like, mm, I, I feel you suppressing it. Me, yeah. I just let it happen. If because I'm, I might be smarter than you. I don't know. This happens naturally. Uh, I'll <laughs> let you believe that. <laughs> It crept up on me and I was correct. So that kind of dampened it a little bit for me because I would have, I think it would have been excellent if I was maybe duped by the movie. I 100% agree with you. Then it just ends, really, doesn't it? It kind of, it kind of winds down very quickly. True. And that was another thing where I was like, oh, are we done now? But it does wrap it up, I guess, at the end. Kenneth Branner also made Murder on the Orient Express, which we didn't see, right? Correct. I feel like if we did see it now, it'd just be this, but on a different location, right? <laughs> yes, it feel it looked like it in the it looked like clips. the same movie pretty much, but on a train. Sorry, Mr. Branner, but it's how it looked in the brief moments that we looked at yeah. the other one. I'm always up for a murder mystery, and this was a good murder mystery. Let's move on to the cast. We've got Gal Gadot as Linny Ridgeway. What did you think of her? Um, I liked her. I mean, she was, she's the uber rich lady. And um, Diana Prince. She wasn't unlikable or anything, like as the character. So that was interesting. Because normally in these tales, when you've got the really rich person, man or woman or family, they make them out to be really sinister and terrible. You find out little bits and pieces about her that make her, you go, oh, but... As a character, with the way she's playing her, she's not unlikable. So. Yeah, there was a moment where I was like, hold on, I really like the character that she's playing. You know, she's a rich lady who's just doing what she's doing, right? She's getting married to a guy and F everybody else. Correct. I'm doing what I'm doing. And then she was having a couple of tantrums and I was like, 
is this annoying me that she's having a tantrum? Then I was like, no, because this guy's ex-woman has come on this boat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, followed us on this boat just to be a pain in the ass. So, no, she every right to, like, be annoyed. Correct. So, no, there wasn't a point where I was like, oh, she's spoiled and rich. I don't like her. That's not what her character is. Correct. And that was good. I felt like that was a good way to play it. We've got Army Hammer as Simon Doyle. This is her betrothed. And husband. And husband. <laughs> <laughs> He was betrothed to another. Yeah. And then ends up marrying her instead. So, so uh, a little... That's, we are, we are. Well, that's he was fine, but I find Army Hammer super boring. So that didn't help. I found him really whiny and boring. And so... Let me say what I think about uh, Army Hammer. I think he plays these kind of roles where he's where it's kind of old-timey. Whiny and... I think he plays them really well. <laughs> <laughs> like, it reminds me of, like, watching an old movie from the 30s, that character. He's, like, emulating that character. But then when you see him in something, what was he in that's modern that we can think of? Like, Social Network. Yeah. Well, he was actually a whiny character in The Social yeah. Network. He's just good at being whiny. But less said about his personal life, the better. And yeah. he did try and kind of... Go and watch the trailer for this movie, and you probably won't realize Well, just it. look up Army Hammer, and you'll find out what we're yeah. talking about. We don't need to discuss it. I thought he was actually okay in this, but he was also supposed to be kind of irritating. Mm. I just find him always a little bit. Meh. Russell Brand appears as Windlesome. You love Russell Brand, and you were like, is that Russell Brand? <laughs> yeah, it's a very different look for Russell, and I like, kind of like it. I liked it, yeah. Because I know Russell Brand so well, and I've listened to his podcast like for hours and hours and hours, you know, mm -hmm. and his stand-up, etc., he kept dropping the accent, if you noticed. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, because he isn't posh when he when he regularly talks, but he was trying to put on the posh thing. But then there was a like a dialogue between him and Poirot, and he was he was doing Russell Brand all of a sudden. I was like, oh, please don't like <laughs> try really hard to keep it up, but no, he didn't. But I did like his character. We've got Tom Bateman as Book. Is that right, Book? I think so. Book or book. He's actually a recurring character from the Murder on the Orient Express movie. So, and he comes back in this one and he's kind of, they he's say, like in the extras, they say he's a right-hand man to Poirot, but I don't think he was. Not as portrayed. They, it's one of those situations where the people who made the movie know more about the story. Yeah. And they don't really convey it. In a way that adds in all those details, unfortunately. You're right. It is Book. He I meets remember. him up at the beginning and he's like on a, uh, he's up on the pyramids flying a kite because, hey, I'm the first one to ever do it. And he just seems kind of like a dolt. He then explains that he has no money and he has no income and he can't do a job because he's hapless. And But he loves this woman who's the niece of a lady who plays, who's a musician. And... That's all there is to him. He, they, yeah. It doesn't explain that they knew... He, they, you could tell they're friends, but you don't know anything else. So I don't... I think they missed that part. They assume... They assume you watched the first movie. And read all the books, yeah. I think. But mm, we didn't. I so. like the guy, though, Tom Bateman. Thank yeah, he you. was fine. Good. Annette Benning plays Euphemia Book. She's his mother. What do you think of Annette? She's very... She's always very severe. Yeah. Like, she's really into it. And that worked this time. And then I also put down Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French, who are obviously absolutely fabulous. And well, they're been, British ladies to yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> They've been partners for, you Not know. everyone knows who they are, though. No, well, think of absolutely fabulous, the two main characters. Think mm -hmm. of those two. Oh, they wrote it and everything. So 
What do you well, think? She's of the, not the main character, right? It was the other lady. Jennifer Saunders is the main character, and the other one. Yeah, the I mean the blondie. Yeah, um, Joanna Lumley. Yes, yeah. but Dawn French is part of that. Wrote it. She was in it as well. Do you want the main character? No. It's good seeing them both together in this. It was fun, and they play it well. You know, because they're supposed to be kind of charming and a bit funny. Well, their thing is this lady. One of them is the godmother of the rich lady. And, but she hates wealth and she's given away all of her money and the lady with her is like basically the, she's been hired by the rich lady who is the goddaughter of this other lady. <laughs> There's lots of ladies Follow, here. Following this along. There's the rich lady and her godmother and then the rich lady hired another lady who used to be a rich lady to basically be the nurse and tendant to the godmother. I'm confused. They're both middle-aged ladies and they're, that's it, they're both... That's it. Right. <laughs> the end. Uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Not just directed by, starring, because he is Hercule Poirot. And Kenneth has directed Belfast, which he was just up for the Oscar for. Thor, do you remember that one? I've seen Thor, yes. Much Ado About Nothing, Murder on the Orient Express. He's also like a acclaimed um, Shakespearean type actor. That's where he started. So what did you think of his directing and acting here? It wasn't just him, though, remember? The other guy was, like, right in there. A writer. The from other the extras. I mean, he yeah. was, like, right up in there, though. So I just feel like it was beautiful, and it, he got the best out of people, and I love the pace of it. I mean, that's editing, but I feel like he might be hand, all hands on deck for him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I see what you did. Oh, I didn't mean to do that, but yeah. very good. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like as a whole project and his performance wrapped up, Excellent. His performance is excellent. I do did have a slight issue with his French, kind of dodgy French accent. <laughs> From time to time. It's like a Monty Python comedy French accent to me. I don't think that's what he was trying no, to do. No, I don't think so either. But there were times where I was like, uh, it's a bit much. Yet Come again, we, I apologize, Mr. Brenner. Either speak in <laughs> French or, you know. Or. Or don't speak at all. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Brenner. That put a lot of performers out of work. <laughs> All right, so IMDb reviews, what are those? We're going to call them reviews because that's what they call them. It's people typing with their little stupid thumbs on a little stupid website. Oh, this movie was a waste of my time. Oh, this movie is so boring. Oh, this movie has birds in it that weren't even invented in that year. Whatever the fuck they say, that's what you're doing. And you're going to give it a nice voice just like I did. Oh, they're the one star reviews is what we're looking for. All right, and here's the first one. I love the 1978 Death on the Nile movie. I watch it once a year. But this movie, I couldn't even finish it. Did the director or writer go to a dancing club and ask random people how to make a movie? Because it sure felt like it. Just like the last Star Trek movie, this is a bad movie. Just like the last Star Trek? Yeah, Where did they come it. up with that? I don't know. Aye, aye, aye. All right, next one. Everyone's overacting like they're amateurs in a fifth grade school play. The actors running around in fancy clothes in front of green screens all the time suck. The dialogue's uninspired, not realistic, and not taken from the book. The characters are all woke and thin as cardboard. I found it to be boring and uninteresting. Mm. There's no woke characters. There is no wokeness. and we Apart get... from maybe, like you just said, somebody complained that the crew was female. Yeah, somebody in their little flubs and flubs or whatever say, oh, there would be no female crew members. Yeah. It's not a fucking documentary, no. right? It's a, it's a fictional movie with a look and a style that the director, the editor, the style, the set direction, the 
everybody got to decide, like it's called artistic license. That doesn't make it woke. <laughs> what is wrong? Also, why not? Why is that a complaint? I don't know. Pieces of crap. Here we go. Finally, this guy says, Truly as dreadful as the other one-star reviews have said, the acting is terrible. The use of CGI, laughable. The artsy camera angles, distracting, but worst of all, it's so boring. The inclusion of the opening war scene was confusing to me. The nightclub dancing was almost pornographic. And the boat trip down the Nile was so dull. By the time Poirot revealed the killer, his accent was so over the top you couldn't understand what he was saying. What a waste of two hours. Oh, waste of time. That's a classic review right there. So Now, those- here's the deal. So I don't disagree that the CGI sometimes was like, Ugh, you know, I had to kind of overlook that because I'm liking the rest of it. And also, yes, the performances are cranked up. Like if you took an Allen wrench and turned it up to like, it's like a, a more, stage play. Yes. It's like theatrical. Yes. And I, once it gets going, as long as nobody, if it's like two or three people are over the top, it stands out. It's annoying. But this is like, everybody is on board that they're doing a play in a movie, basically, you know, and I, I got over it pretty quick. So I, mean, I don't it, disagree with that. But. I think it's clear that that's what they were going for. I don't know. I think that's just his vibe, to be honest. Yeah. I think that's I mean, he's he a man from the stage. Correct. So that would be a thing of his, right? I don't think it's intentional. I think it just is his style. Yeah, I do too. So there are some extras if you watch the streaming version. We watch like a, a making of kind of thing from novel to film. And it actually had interviews with people who were related to Agatha Christie, which was interesting. Grandson and great-grandson. Yeah, so you can check out the extras. So, in conclusion, I am going to give Death on the Nile a 6 out of 10. Mm, I think that's fair. Six and a half, I'm going for. All right, thank you very much, and thank you to Fox and Disney for letting us review that one. Next week, we're going to review Roland Emmerich's new movie, the creator of 2012... And Independence Day and Godzilla, and he's doing a new one called Moonfall. And guess what, Sid Talk? The moon's going to (laughs) fall out of the sky. So we'll look at Moonfall next week. Movie recommendations. I am going with on the tip of whodunit movies. I'll give you Knives Out that Sid Talk's now doesn't remember. (laughs) And I'll also give you The Nice Guys with Graham, not Graham, Gosling, Mr. Gosling, Ryan Gosling. Remember The Nice Guys? I think so. It was kind of a whodunit also. Very good one at that. Was it Ryan Gosling? Yeah, Ryan Gosling, it was. And uh, Roseanne's husband, John Goodman, was he in it? Mm, No. I mean, she's not his real life husband. No, I think it was um, Gladiator. Mm. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, no, no, I don't fully remember. That's who it was. It was was those two. Nice guys. (laughs) Gladiator Gladiator and Driver. There you go. Russell Crowe and Driver, yeah. Okay. All right, so yours are? My recommendations are from the 90s, and this is quite a collection. This is not a recommendation in relation to the movie we have just seen, nor does it reflect the quality of these movies. This is my disclaimer because people are easily confused. It is simply just movies I've seen, and I'm going back to the 90s, and here we go. I think it's 1992. Let's take ourselves back to 1992 when Encino Man... God. And Sister Act. Hellraiser 3. Brain Dead. 
which is also known as Dead Alive. Excellent. And c'est arrivé près de chez vous, which is, I don't know the actual words that means, but it's man bites dog. We oh, that's a good it. movie. It's French. It's black and white. It's supposed to be like a documentary team following a dude, but the dude is actually a horrible serial killer. But it's done in a way that's like... It's kind of funny, but really, really gross. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. really horrible. But, I mean, again, I'm not talking about the quality of these movies. C'est arrivé près de chez vous. Man bites dog. I've just learned... Well, those words don't mean man bites dog. I mean, something like it's right next to you. Right. Or it's close to you. Something like that. Chez vous. It's next to your home. I don't know. I don't speak French. The pressure. Clearly. I've created pressure on myself for no reason. (laughs) All right. Ace Gully stuff. We've been playing more Horizon Forbidden West. There's these like side missions called cauldrons. What are they? What are cauldrons? I mean, you go in. It's hard to explain. It's like the whole entire world is connected with computer stuff. And there's these set pieces where there are like CPUs that are creating part of the AI and the world to save the earth from the whatever disaster. Yes. Environmental disaster, right? So each one of them does a different thing. And in these places, these big forges make machines that are supposed to go out into the world and do good things. Now they're doing bad things because they've all been taken over by like the evil um, virus or whatever happening. Right. Yeah. So you have to go into these things, battle a bunch of stuff, solve some puzzles, plug your thingy into the hole, so to speak, (laughs) and like kill the virus, take it back over. And so that in the end, there will be a time when all of these places make good machines again. Is that right? Is that right? Does that sum it up? How they kind of equate to like other games is it's kind of like a dungeon. So you go underneath the ground, Mm -hmm. you do a bunch of stuff, you kill a thing, and then you get a reward. The rewards, one thing I do find about Horizon Forbidden West is the rewards are not particularly great they really aren't if you play zelda and you do a dungeon of like that and you went through it at the end you would get like a really amazing new weapon that you've never used before like all of a sudden you'd be able to fire arrows or something but in this you just get something a little bit better than what you've got i find that the loot thing it doesn't feel very satisfying oh then you should quit i should not quit (laughs) But this cauldron that we did was was fantastic because there are these things that are called tall necks in the world that are like giraffes. I would but they're gigantic. Them. They're like as tall as a 20-story building. Yeah. And you see them in the, you know, there's, a, what, five or six of them in the whole world. Mm-hmm. But when you see one, it's a big thing. Like, there's a tall neck. And you can climb up on it and get the lay of the land from the top of it. But with this cauldron that we discovered, we actually got to see one being built. That was cool. Which was unexpected and cool. And one thing I've found out in this game is the cauldrons are all got a little... They're not the same thing every time. They're all a little bit different. One mm-hmm. might be a climbing puzzle. I feel that... I don't know this, but I feel that we're going to get to a cauldron that involves swimming. Don't you? Mm, I don't know. Because we haven't done one that involves swimming yet. I'm just mm. going along for the ride. Yeah. So that's that. We also watched uh, the second episode of Marvel's Moon Knight. Are you into it? Yeah, I like it. It's, I like, I think he's doing a really good job, Oscar Isaac, because he's playing this dual thing. It's not yeah. new to play like a dual thing, but I really like Steven. There's, he plays uh-huh. two characters, basically. Steven and Moon Knight? Mark. Mark. But they're and very, Moon Knight. Yeah, they're very different people, aren't they? The two, you know, 
Stephen's meek. We don't really know Mark yet, so we don't know. When we've seen him talk, he seems very tough. Mm. He doesn't seem like... Stephen's pretty meek and kind of... Whiny. Whiny, but maybe like intelligent-ish. Ish. But uh, Moon Knight... But then there's the whiny part. Yeah, Moon Knight is on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's the new Marvel show. uh, And there's two episodes available. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight you have requested... Impossible Whopper Burger. There you go. That and fries and a Coke. Mm. We are not sponsored by Burger King. That'd be great, but we are not. Because why? Because this week we had a leftover HelloFresh from the week before because we weren't feeling great. And you cooked four HelloFreshes in a row. Also not sponsored. I did. And how good were this week's HelloFresh? Fantastic. I mean, like, fantastic. And again, you know, HelloFresh, if you're listening, let us know. Throw us a little love. Send us We just keep buying them because they're amazing. I mean... We had one To be last fair, night. it's amazing because you cook them. I'm a good cook, but I'm not good with following directions. So when you cook them, you follow all the directions, and they're perfect. I do. It's a good system. And I don't have to do Sometimes it. Sometimes I do deviate slightly. Barely, though. You, yeah. you just do. They're so good. They're so good. Last night was better than any restaurant we could have gone to. It was amazing. It was a um, noodle... Like veggies and noodle and some very tasty sauce. Yeah, it was delicious. Fantastic. I would eat it right now if we had it. <laughs> well, we're not. We're having an impossible Whopper. All right, Sid, so what's your advice before we leave? My advice is, well, we didn't tell you that this week we also decided to change out a faucet. My faucet in my bathroom, the knob, one of them's been broken for a long time. We did you a decided, good job of it, too. You decided to change the knobs. That didn't solve anything. In fact, it caused a little problem, a little bit of leakage. And then I'm like, well, screw it. Let's just buy a new faucet. We can figure it out. We can change the faucet. So we get to shopping. We do the thing. We get the dill. We buy the stuff. I come home. We start it. We turn the water off to our house. It doesn't stop running. (laughs) It just keeps... I mean, it stops running, but it's trickling a bit. It's forcing through a bit of a trickle. Yeah. So then I try to kill on to, to continue, forge ahead. Because my advice is, if you think you can do it, you probably can, right? So keep trying. Try it, try it, try it. So I'm like, I can do this. Fuck it. I get under the sink. <laughs> and then I had ended up with two dish pans full of water because it was like... <laughs> like your classic comedy show of someone trying to change their Pretty faucet. Funny. Yes. Solve that problem. Got that tightened back up. The sink is not usable really at this point, but... We think we know what the problem is, so we're going to have the water oh. to the house turned off at some point. Then we're going to change the faucet out, and then we'll have the water people turn the water back on. Yeah. And so the the advice is, neither of us know fuck all about changing faucets or anything. Just looking it up, looking at how it works, and I don't care. You can roll your eyes and you be like, oh, how could you not know how to change a, a faucet? It's so easy. Oh, if you've up. never done it, you don't know. If you know. don't know what you don't know. No. And then you think, I think, well, that's very discouraging for people, right? Because if it's very mysterious, then I can't do it. Oh, I can't do that. I'll just pay someone $500 to come do it or whatever, right? I'll just do it. I, I can't do it. But I can. You can and I can. We can watch enough videos. We can read enough manuals. We can ask enough people who have done it, who love us and will tell us for free. And so if you can do it, if you think you can, try it. Because probably you can, right? I mean, if you can't ultimately, like if something horribly goes wrong and we're, it's, we've gone through every step that's unprofessional that we could handle, at some point I'll, I'll acquiesce and I'll go, okay, we can't do this. And I'll, I'll hand it over to the professional. 
but probably we can solve it. And it's demystified the whole sink works to me. In my life, I'm 54. It's not even complicated. It isn't complicated at all, but I've always just had the thing in my head of like, ah, I don't want water leaking in my house anywhere of any kind, so don't touch anything that's to do with water because something horrible's gonna happen. That's literally how my brain works when it comes to these things. Now, the other day, it starts squirting and you got more panicky than me. I'm like, ah, I've got a towel, I've got a tub. I'll let it squirt me in the face. <laughs> I've got my light here squirted, squirted with water, but if I stay down here long enough in this weird position, I can get this screwed back on. I can do it. I can do it. Right? I'm doing it. <laughs> and I did it. So, it's not particularly hard what you actually And have most to do. things aren't. I'm also looking at a fiddle slash violin here in front of me that was in our family. My mother is passing it to one of my nieces, but... Just from looking at it, I can tell it needs some love. I have no idea about fiddles slash violins and how it should be strung or anything. But guess what? I'm going to figure it out. I'm not a professional, but I think I can figure it out. All right, so get it. fiddling. <laughs> All right, so thank you. Ascully.com is our website. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also catch us on anchor.fm slash after the show. We're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. Where else to talk? I don't know. Anywhere the podcasts are <laughs> All available. the world of podcasts. All the podcast places. You can email feedback to me at com, but maybe my email won't work. Who knows? And don't email Sito because she doesn't have any email. I have email. I'm not the one who doesn't have email. <laughs> That's you. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Hercule Poirot. I don't know. You're talking about a fictional character. So. Also, stay classy, uh, Google. And don't charge me for email. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to say thank for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>